One o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon means it's time for Post to Post on CFISFM. Alan Wishart in the host chair. Be joined later in the hour by Frank Peebles. We're going to get the show going, though, with an interview I did yesterday on the After Nine show with Dennis Stark, who's the director of student recruitment up at UNBC. But we were talking about something where they're recruiting students by giving them some money. Well, we've created a Nordic Cup tuition credit, which is designed to ease the financial burden mm-hmm. of Nordic cross-country ski athletes, okay. particularly those that are competing later on this January here in Prince George at the Caledonia Nordic Ski Club for the Nordic Canada Selection Trials and the Nordic Cup. We have a $2,000 tuition waiver for those athletes. Now, the one question that I quickly had, because I know I talked with Kevin Patterson a couple of weeks ago about this, and there are athletes coming from outside Canada for, I believe, at least some training, and I think they are going to compete in the Nordic Cup, even though they can't really qualify, obviously. Are they eligible for the tuition? Well, we'll look at those on a case-by-case basis. Um, It'd be great if we could offer that same tuition waiver. Mm -hmm. Still, uh, the $2,000 toward undergraduate tuition would be what we'd be offering. Mm -hmm. And um, of course, if we've got an academic program that they're interested in and begin their studies at UMBC by fall 2024. Okay, uh, we'd so love to give time. that opportunity. Yeah. And the ages for the Nordic Cup works out quite nicely because I think it's, what, 16 to 23 or something like that? So, That's right. Yeah. And so with uh, with an eligibility period up to fall 2024, yeah. we're um, pretty confident everybody participating should be able to take advantage of this uh, waiver. Yeah. Now, how did you guys come up with this idea? Like, were you guys sitting there saying, okay, the next time we have a major sports event in town, we're going to give people money to come to UNBC or? That's a great question, actually. So our relationship with the Caledonia Nordic Ski Club goes back a number of years, actually. Mm-hmm. So uh, through them and, and donors' generosity, we've actually already created a similar type of an award. There's the Otway Nordic Legacy Scholarship right. Fund, yeah. which was created right around when Prince George hosted the Canada Winter Games. And so this is building on that relationship. So Prince George, UNBC, and the Caledonia Nordic Ski Club is an outstanding location for cross-country ski athletes, and so we hope the trio of those things um, encourages athletes to stick around, pursue higher education, keep training at a high level, and become a UMBC alumni one day. Okay. Now, is there also the push possibly for UNBC to start having a Nordic ski club of their own to compete at? Uh, well, that's a fair question to make, Alan. I can't speak on no. that. Uh, but uh, when you look at all the pieces, uh, that would be great, obviously, mm-hmm. to see happen. But there's a lot that goes into forming a varsity oh, yeah. athletic program for a university. Yeah, so it's not going to happen tomorrow. Uh, it won't happen tomorrow. Okay. Now, is this the first time UNBC has done something like this, not just for skiing, but for any sport where they've offered tuition credits for athletes? Well, separate from our varsity athletic awards yes. for our men's and women's basketball and yep. soccer players, we have offered similar types of tuition waivers focused around athletic events that Prince George has hosted. Mm. So we did something similar for the Canada Winter Games. Also, uh, in the summer of 2022, just this past year, we had another similar type of credit for the BC Summer Games athletes. So yep. we've done a few like this, and uh, this is our latest. Wow. So this is starting to become something where the people in charge of the money up at UNBC are getting used to you guys showing up and saying, hey, we've got a great idea for how we can give away some more money. Well, we've got this model set up. We've got a pretty straightforward way of uh, spreading the word 
collecting athlete mm-hmm. interest, following up with them, and then making sure that uh, should they come and attend, we're able to assign that waiver mm-hmm. to their studies. So it's good. We obviously look at other factors like does the event line up with uh, what Prince George and Northern BC is all about. So this one is a celebration of the outdoors, <laughs> as a celebration of winter sport. It uh, makes great sense. Now, are there... Are there any other qualifications, or is it just they have to be competing at the Nordic Cup or the selection camp? So there's kind of three qualifications. So um, be a cross-country ski athlete, complete competing at the Nordic Cup, mm-hmm. fill out our online eligibility form by February 1st. Okay. So it's open now and will be open beyond the games as well. Mm-hmm. And then uh, meet our admission requirements and attend UNBC by fall 2024. Yeah. That's the criteria. Yeah. Do you know, have you gotten much interest yet from athletes who already know they're coming to the game? Well, just coming out of the holiday break, we're going to yeah. take a look uh, okay. once I get back into the office <laughs> later on today. Go online and see, whoa, right. we've got 462 people already. Well, with 250 athletes expected. a little bit Yeah, but we're hoping, we're hoping to get uh, a good amount of interest. And, of course, that's the initial expression of interest. And then we'll follow up and mm-hmm. make sure uh, – their academic interests align with with our uh, breadth yeah. of offerings. Now, are there any limits on how many of these tuition credits you're going to be giving out? Or? At this point, no. Mm-hmm. We've got kind of a goal or an estimated mm-hmm. number, and that's what we went to the the executives <laughs> with the proposal. But of course, if interest is higher, that's just a, a great problem to have, which really isn't a problem. That'd be an no. amazing uh, amazing response from them. Just have to go back the to the executives and say, um, "We uh, kind of need some more money." <laughs> that's right. That's right. Wouldn't be the first time for me. No. Uh, so, how? What is your job then as student recruitment? Like, is this a normal part of your job? Should we say, or is this like a special part? Well, this would be a smaller component, but mm-hmm. of course, we need to keep our eyes and ears open for mm-hmm. opportunities like this, where we can again pair or enhance the experiences of uh, whether it be high performance athletes or other visitors to the region Mm -hmm. to sort of showcase UNBC and our outstanding academic opportunities. But broadly, um, choosing a post-secondary institution, choosing to pursue higher education, that's a really big decision. And so myself and my team, we're there to answer prospective students' questions, show them around campus, confirm our requirements and our application process and make that really smooth for for any student that comes our way and make sure it's a really personalized experience for them. So the next couple of months are going to be fairly busy for you because you're going to have even more of like, well, especially grade 12 students, but even some grade 11 students probably already saying... Okay, UNBC looks like a good fit, but I need more information. Absolutely. It's never too early to start looking Mm -hmm. uh, at your post-secondary opportunities, both to make sure you've got the right admission requirements, but also, you know, talking about tuition waivers, Mm -hmm. we give out over $3 million of other scholarships, awards, and bursaries each year. So to connect with prospective students about what is involved in applying to those Mm -hmm. is a big part of our job as well. Uh Are you... Is the main focus of UNBC still on Northern BC in terms of recruiting students? Well, that is uh, a big part of our institution's mandate. Uh, There's there's really no other university of its caliber around, so we always need to be uh, attentive and responsive Mm -hmm. both to to those in the north, that includes in Prince George, but also broadly with our regional campus centers. But uh, we're a world world leader, world-ranked, nationally-ranked, top-ranked research university, so we're also uh, uh, attractive to uh, students at all levels from around the world. 
Now, are you and other members of your team going to be out at Otway during the event, handing out pamphlets and everything? <laughs> yes, we'll be we'll be connecting with the organizers and the mm-hmm. folks at Caledo- Caledonia Nordic Ski to confirm the best times and places to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also, we're looking to have the athletes on campus at the end of the event, and we'll oh. be offering tours okay. at that point too. Yeah. So we're trying to trying to get out there both to yes share information, but mm-hmm. really we want to take in on some of that excitement as well. well. Yeah, it's it's one of the side benefits. That's right. Yeah, I really don't want to go out to Otway and watch some of Canada's top skiers, but it's part of the job. That's right. Yeah, yeah. it's a tough job. Someone's got to do it. <laughs> now, I guess the only thing, so for timing, you just have to make sure, okay, I don't want to approach the guy when he's halfway through his race. Okay, good. Yeah, I'll write that down. Thanks, <laughs> okay. Jackson. We're just so excited. Oh, okay. We might yeah. forget that. Okay. Well, you still got two weeks to get all the planning in place. True. Yes. Does it seem like it's coming up awfully fast? Well, with the holiday break, that yes. certainly took away a couple of weeks there. Mm-hmm. And, and now we're here in 2023, and it's just over two weeks away. Yeah, until now, I guess. Had you sort of planned ahead of time for, like, you know, after the break is when we're really going to put nose to the ground and go for it? Caledonia Nordic Ski reached out in the summer yeah. when, when, when they had given us a heads up that they had been uh, selected as the site. Mm-hmm. And then uh, discussions went on during the fall. And we all kind of got the green light early December, and then we put together our put together <laughs> our plan. And yes, it involves kind of announcing it, but also getting approval, confirming the criteria, setting up that eligibility form, and and making sure we knew enough about the event to put our people in the right positions at the right time to connect with athletes and their families. So, two hundred and fifty athletes, and I guess the one benefit to some extent is the majority of them, I would think, will be English speaking. So you don't you don't have to worry about having possibly different translators out on the course with you. That's right. Uh if that if that does become a, a factor, mm-hmm. we can we can work around that certainly. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I guess uh, our team is 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 primarily English speaking, so yeah. that will help. <laughs> now, when they're doing the tour of the campus, obviously you've done tours like this before. Do what's the first thought for other athletes when they see the Northern Sports Center? Well, it's. No doubt about it. It's a world-class athletic mm-hmm. facility. Uh, I think the the size and the scale is even hard to realize when you're looking at it from the outside. Yeah. So I love taking uh, guests to campus and guests to the sports center around because you look down, you see the basketball courts. You look up, you see the indoor track. You look down the other side, you see the massive indoor fields. Yes. So it's uh, just a spectacular facility. And for these high-performance athletes, yes, they'll need to be out at Otway. Uh, for, for, for that training, but also cross-training, performance, strength, and fitness. Mm-hmm. That can all happen at the Charles Jago Northern Sports Center. Yeah, so, and then the campus itself. It's stunning. Oh. So built, know. you know, built in 93. It's uh, really contemporary. It's beautiful. It's modern it, while being timeless mm-hmm. and uh, close connection with nature, tons of windows and natural light, outstanding classroom and lab facilities, and some of the best faculty in the world. And one of the things that I've always mentioned to people as well that I like about it is when it was originally built, like you know, it was a university, no doubt about it, but yes. they made sure there was room so that if we need to build another building, we don't have to go somewhere off campus. We've got plenty of room here and we can still do it and maintain the whole outdoor look. Yes, we're we're... I think very grateful for the plot of land mm-hmm. that we have and, and campus plans from the beginning 
took into account growth and expansion and what that would look like. We've realized some of that over the years. We've got more planned, but I agree. It's, it's extremely well thought out mm-hmm. and there are still plans for further growth. Yeah. So now two weeks to go until the athletes descend. Will you be there on sort of like opening day, like when the athletes first turn up? Will you be there just for people who might have questions right off the bat? Again, we're we're still working with the organizers to, to find the best times and places to be there. Obviously, athletes are arriving pre-event. They're probably very focused on their competition. So we want to find the right time, either in between heats or events, or or as we get near to the end of the event and, and, and individual athletes kind of know their result, and then maybe they're shifting their focus to the other things that Prince George has to offer. Yeah. So, Dennis, if people want more information, especially if they're local athletes who are going to be competing at the Nordic Cup, how do they get to the information about the uh, tourism, the uh, tuition credits? Yes, so we've created a, a specific web page. They can search the, the Nordic Tuition Waiver or Nordic mm-hmm. Tuition Credit online. They can also email my team at futurestudents at unbc.ca. And we should mention Nordic is with a Q. Yes. Yes. That's right. Because <laughs> it's, it, of course, it's pronounced exactly the same. It would normally be otherwise. Again, interview I did yesterday morning with Dennis Stark, the director of student recruitment up at UNBC, about a tuition credit they've got for the people coming here for the Nordic Cup races, and I guess the Nordic Canada or the Nordic, yeah, the Nordic Canadian team selection trials coming up in a couple of weeks here at Otway. So it should be a busy time out there. Frank, are you with me yet? Absolutely. Oh, good. (laughs) So, yeah. Nice to be sitting in. Thanks for having me around. Not a problem. Not a problem. Always good to have you. Um, Yeah, so it's going to be busy out at Alway. 250 skiers they're figuring on? And there's a little bit of... um some question marks and they're positive question marks oh, around who might be coming mm. to to ski here at yeah. uh, the Caledonia Nordic Ski Center for these events because it's a combined event it's yes. not just one event no. it's a qualifier uh, on the surface it's a qualifier for the U20 and 23 skiers mm-hmm. to make team canada there's still some some slots open on team canada yep. so this is the last chance they have to try and make that team canada uh, roster going into the Whistler world event that's coming up. Yes. So that's pretty and that, cool. And that's a whole week down the road, isn't it, after the after the Nordic thing here? This is it. This is the throwdown to get in, yes. right? This is the, the photo finish. So yeah. it's going to be some exciting skiing. Some yes. uh, some real some real uh, competition is going to be happening for those yeah. remaining spots. But here's the other part. It's also a Nordic Cup event. Yes. And that is a completely different scenario. Mm-hmm. It's unrelated to, yeah. to the Whistler event that they're trying to get into. Yeah. The, the Nordic Cup is the North American circuit on which, uh, cross country skiers attempt to make the World Cup circuit in Europe. Yes. Yeah. So if you accumulate enough points, in these continental clusters, and mm-hmm. the Nordic Cup is the North American one, then you get a spot on the North American component of the yeah. skiers that get to go to the Worlds. And so we could have some incredibly high-caliber skiers drop in on yeah. this event, trying to get some points to make that, uh, that last, uh, those last slots for the, the World Cup circuit in Europe. The people organizing it have mentioned... In the past, I don't know if this is still happening, but there were, I believe, three other countries 
that were looking to have some of their skiers come to the event. Yes, I'm, I'm not sure what countries are. Like Poland, I think, is one Poland, of them. I think, I think for some reason, Liechtenstein stands out. Yeah, they were yeah. one of the ones. I don't know if they've confirmed, but yeah. I know that they were looking at, at yeah. this as a, as a training event kind well, that's of That's the thing. thing, is because their skiers obviously are already going to the world, and that's a week later, and this gives them the chance to ski... And not just anything, it's also ski in the same time zone. That's exactly it. It's the same yeah. time zone and uh, largely the same air. And I know that sounds yes. weird, but yeah. but the climate really matters to oh, an event, yeah. an outdoor event like cross-country skiing yeah. or biathlon, any of those kinds of events. Yeah. The air matters. And if you can get sort of similar time zone and similar air, yeah. uh, drive on the correct side of the road for the, it's, yeah. just, it's all that psychology that goes into it then you just become more acclimatized and ready to go when when the starting gun fires for your race i'm wondering how the elevation here compares to whistler um because that'd be another one of the factors yeah exactly i mean you you think whistler well it must be close to sea level but it's actually quite a climb oh, yeah. from vancouver up oh, yeah. to the whistler well, level I mean, they've got the snow-capped mountains i mean if, yeah you don't have very many snow-capped mountains at sea level no, we're we're I'm sure higher than Whistler, but yeah. we're we're not sea level, nor are they. No, so yeah, yeah, same kind of snow is where I'm what I'm yeah. getting at there. Yeah, yeah, and we just hope that we don't get a buffalo dump. Huh. Wow. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. Yeah. But the snow conditions out at Otway right now seem oh. fantastic. Yeah. And the weather right now is just perfect. Like it's not getting, although, it, well, they're usually a couple of degrees cooler out there, aren't they? There, they, there seems to be a bit of a climate zone yeah. out there because of the, the way the valley operates and the, yeah. and the forest operates. Because we've got a couple of days later this week where it's supposed to get just above zero in town. Yeah. That won't but be I, a problem no. there. No, they could. They might not mind seeing a little bit of fresh snow, say a few days beforehand. Yeah, and they have snowmaking capabilities oh, yeah. out there too. So the way the temperature goes may affect um, the, the surface of things. But their yeah. base is set. And, oh yeah, and they're they're fine oh, with that. And they, they can. They, it can be plus two, and it's still okay. Yeah, yeah I was out in Myworth on New Year's Day, visiting my sister and brother-in-law for dinner. And on the way back, of course, you go by, and I looked, and the parking lot was packed. Yeah, I just drove past the other day, too, and had a look, and wow, it was packed then, too. And uh, I love it. It's great to see the community out doing sporting things. And cross-country skiing had a surge during COVID because it was one of those things that you could do outside while the lockdown was still mostly on. And with separation as well. That's why, hey, yeah, because the separation was was pretty much guaranteed out there. As long as they channel people at the bottlenecks appropriately, and they did, yep. then everyone can do it. And so membership surged, and people mm-hmm. got a real taste of what a great jam oh, yeah. that facility is. Yeah. Okay, we are going to go to a quick break, and we'll be back with some more on Post to Post. Tune in to Modern Jazz Today. A weekly show that focuses on today's jazz improvisers and creators, cutting their teeth and cutting the edge of sound. Join us as we explore what's new, what's groundbreaking, and where it's happening. Right here and only here on Modern Jazz Today. Monday nights at 7 here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. 
CNC's School of Access and Continuing Education has ongoing Microsoft 365 boot camps available online. These boot camps are condensed courses delivered over two days. Get up to speed on your everyday computer applications without skipping a beat. Basic classes are available for getting started as well as for Microsoft Teams, Microsoft Outlook, and Microsoft OneNote. Cost is just $149 each. Registration and full details are available through CNC's School of Access and Continuing Education. Forecast from Environment Canada, a mix of sun and cloud today, wind at 15K and a high of minus 6. Tonight, partly cloudy, becoming cloudy overnight. More wind, a low of minus 9 with a wind chill of minus 13. For Thursday, cloudy with a 30% chance of flurries in the afternoon. Winds continuing, a high of minus 5 with a wind chill to minus 13. Ourselves. And Alan Wishard back with Frank Peebles on Post to Post on a Wednesday afternoon. Let's talk a little bit of hockey. Oh, we could talk hockey all day. Well, we can't, though, really. Unfortunately. <laughs> we can't, unfortunately. No. But um, start, I guess, with uh, Cougars and Spruce Kings. They're both doing well right yes. now. The Cougars just um, pulled off a win. They had a, a slump the there for a while. Yes. Eight games is not even a slump. That's no. a streak. That's not good. But yeah. they bounced out of it. They're they're back on the winning track. And they're still well positioned for a playoff spot. Yes. In fact, if they put together a bit of a winning streak, they could leap into oh. a good position. They're, yes. They're in now, but they could go deep if they, uh, if they just pull off a few more wins. You know, if they win... Six of their next ten, oh, yeah. they're going to be great. And this weekend would be a good time to start. Yes. Because Everett is the team they're tied with. It's seventh place right now. And Everett's here it's, this yeah, weekend. it's a four-point matchup, really. Yes. Uh, but on the weekend, they lost 4-2 to two in Kamloops on Friday night, as Frank was saying. That was their eighth straight loss. Then on Saturday, Kamloops came up here, and the Cougars beat them 10-6. to six. Nobody on the Cougars had more than three points. And they had nine different goal scores. Doesn't that just talk oh, about the balanced attack? Yes. I think we had a discussion about the UMBC basketball team that, that had yes. that happen, too, when they, they yeah. laid a beating on somebody and spread everything around. Yeah. And it's great to see the yeah. Cougars be in the kind of roster position to have that kind of balanced attack. Oh, yeah. And the fans, 16 goals and the Cougars won? That yes. is, that's an unbelievable game. That yeah. was money's worth there. Yeah, they were up. What was it? They were up 3-1, I believe, after the first period, 6-3 after the second, and 10-6 final. Wow. So, yeah. That's just brilliant. That's yes. a lot of fun, if you ask me. That's, yeah. And as I say, yeah. Everett at CN Center Friday and Saturday. Should be some good games there. Um, yeah, Cougars, as I say, tied for seventh in the West with Everett. All the teams in that but they're neck are neck. bunched. Yeah, yeah, the the uh, the U.S. division and the B.C. division right now at oh. this stage of the season, they're all essentially in the same division for yes. all intents and purposes. And there's a cluster right there around the Cougars. Yeah. Well, there's two teams that are kind of not in the same division. Seattle has 56 points and Portland has 55. They are what you'd call the team to beat. Yes. Which is sort of like the um, the equivalent in the BCHL of Penticton. Although Speaking. there really isn't a, an equivalent. No. They, what they're doing is special. They're, they're yes. doing something. Oh. They're Connor Bedard as a team is what yeah. they are. They're, they're head and shoulders above. 
And speaking of Penticton, yes, very nice segue, by the way. Thank uh, you. Oh yeah, outstanding. <laughs> they, you'll get a chance to see them this weekend at Colpart Memorial Arena. Can Spruce you imagine Kings. if the Spruce Kings beat them? Well, it's, it's happened it, twice already this year. Yeah. yeah, but they are twenty-nine and two, Penticton. And plus 118 in goal differential in 31 games. That's just unbelievable. Yes. That's just you leave the red light on at the other uh, end is yeah. what that basically amounts to. Yeah. And give your goalie a deck of cards at the beginning of each period and just tell him, go, go play some solitaire. But the Spruce Kings are entirely capable with oh, the yeah. team that they have of, of giving them a good game or knocking them off. They just yeah. pulled off a trade, too. They just yes. acquired a new defender. Yeah. So there's going to be a bit of a, hopefully, a, an uplift there. They made that trade yep. on purpose. So yeah. Michael Adamic from Victoria. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, on the weekend, the Spruce Kings were in Wenatchee to start things up again after the Christmas break. They beat Wenatchee 5-4 in overtime on Friday. Ha-ha. They went to overtime again on Saturday. Not and so much. And lost 6-5. to five. <laughs> Yes. So they split the OTs. Yes. But they are currently fourth in the interior division. And again, speaking about being bunched up, one point behind West Kelowna, two points ahead of Salmon Arm. Yeah. So, yeah. And those are good teams, too. So oh, yeah. they've got their work cut out for them. There's uh, there's no float to the uh, finish line here for the Spruce Kings. But no. what it does mean is uh, it calls on real good players to step up and show it. It, yeah. it calls on coaches to do their best to figure out line matchups and and uh, managers to work out trades that have to be pulled off. And at this point, yeah. you're not a seller or a buyer. If you're the no. Spruce Kings, you are making snipe trades. You are making... Yep. Like this one. Yeah, you're trading. Well, and this was nothing, really. For futures. Situations. Yeah. yeah, so that was uh, just a, that was a good hockey move. Yeah. So we'll see more of that in the next little while because that trade deadline for both leagues is coming up. Yeah, that was the funny thing, though, was I was looking at the trade deadlines when I was making up my notes. The WHO trade deadline is next Tuesday, January the 10th. I couldn't find anything on when the BCHL trade deadline is. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure either. I no. just know it's a similar time. Yeah, it's about the same time. But, uh, no, I was surprised I couldn't find anything. I'm going to be really interested to watch this. As much as I like watching the product on the ice, yeah. I love watching, oh. at this stage of my life, it, it really mm-hmm. it's about watching the uh, the transactions. Yes. It's about what trades get made. And if you're the, the Cougars, if we can go back to them for a second, oh, yes. where they are in their positioning in the standings, really determines the kind of trades that they're going to be able to make. And what we never get to know is what goes on deep behind the scenes. Like, is there a kid who's a problem in the dressing room or a problem for the billet? And you want to move that player, right? Sometimes the fans go, why'd they trade that player? Well, it's because of... Yes. Or, on the other side, maybe someone's family member is really sick back in Manitoba, and so they make the trade. They trade the kid closer to home yes. out of mercy yeah. and that's uh, never talked about either no. so uh, right now we're going to see some interesting stuff and we're not going to know what we we don't get to see the whole chess, chess board no <laughs> but it is going to be a chess match in trades because the yeah. Cougars have a lot of oh. young players they are yeah. up and coming this is not the year to go for it no Unless a really interesting trade gets offered to them yeah, and that's the thing is I don't think they're going to be the guys going out and making a big trade. If somebody wants to make a big trade with them, 
they'll listen. Yeah, they're not in on Bedard, for example. No. Like, I mean, let's just pretend for a while here that mm. Bedard is definitely in play. We don't know that yeah, Bedard no. is. Yeah, but Regina is not going place. to go into the playoffs. Well, they're, they're in the playoffs right now. But they're, they're not going seven. deep, right? No. They're, they're not high enough up that bubble no. to be a, a shoe-in to contend. So you're yeah. going to trade Bedard if you can. Yeah. Because you're going to get a haul of young oh, yes. assets back, young players and draft picks. Yeah. So, which is what, that's perfect. That is the way you set it up. So where is Bedard going to go? Not Prince George, because no. this is not our year to go for it. Next year is our year yes. to go for it. Yeah. And unfortunately, Bedard won't be around next year. No, Bedard <laughs> no. is going to hire hockey. He yes. will not be in the WHL next year. No. So this is a true rental, a which will bring the price down a little bit. Yep. But if that. you're Kamloops, who's hosting yeah. you, the Memorial this Cup this year, year, you get a buy into oh, the yeah. Memorial Cup tournament. Why wouldn't you? No. And that, again, is what Bedard would like to have as well, is he wants to play at the Memorial Cup. Bedard's agent certainly wants Bedard to play at the Memorial Cup. It's not going to happen in Regina unless something really incredible happens in the playoffs. Yeah. But uh, no. So it's going to be interesting. Again, that trade deadline is next Tuesday. So let's see. Our next show is, oh, next Wednesday. (laughs) We'll have something to talk about. Yes. Besides the hockey games on the weekends for both of those teams. Okay, we are going to go to another break. When we come back, I'm hoping that we will be talking with Derek Wood, who is, Frank, correct me on this if I'm wrong, U15 AAA coach? Correct. Thank you very much. In hockey. Yes, we'll have that on Post to Post. Engage Sport North offers sport for all in Prince George. Check out all their multi-sport programs. There's something for everyone. Physical literacy, recreation, high performance, coach development, and so much more. Get in touch and see how they can support sport for you. More information on Engage Sport North and program details are available through their website, EngageSportNorth.com. Engage Sport North, offering programs based on the long-term athlete development model across all of Northern BC. The end of the week is time for well-earned relaxation and play. Join Two Rivers Gallery on select Friday evenings each month to enjoy the freedom of artistic expression, a fun atmosphere, and a complimentary refreshment. Open to adults with any level of art experience. Registration for the next Friday Art Disco is available through the adult programs link at tourersgallery.ca. Friday Art Disco, new at Tourers Gallery, where creativity flows in the Canada Games Plaza. And we are back. And... And I, I have to admit, I lied to my next guest, Derek Wood from the U15 AAA uh, Cougars. I told them Frank Peebles would not be able to be in their conversation because Frank's headset wasn't working, but Frank has found a working headset. So we're joined now by Derek Wood, U15 AAA Caribou Cougars. Hello, Derek. How you doing, gentlemen? Whoa. Call this gentleman, Frank Wheat. <laughs> We're doing good, man. It's good to hear you. Yeah. Now, you were busy this past weekend. Yes, definitely uh, a lot of hockey over <laughs> a short period of time. Yeah, by my, if I had this right, the, the website for the Pat Quinn Classic was a little bit tough to read, but so you guys played six games in the round robin, and then you had one playoff game? Uh five games in the round robin, and then we played for the bronze medal and on the in a game there. Oh, okay. Okay. So in their in your final record, they may have included the uh, 
the game against the Snow King Junior Thunderbirds, a name I love, by the way. Yeah. And now that was the, uh, as you said, the bronze medal game. Now, 4-3, was it a, was 4-3, shall we say, a legitimate score, or did one team really outplay the other? Well, I think at times we, we actually took it to them for probably about 25 to 30 minutes of that game where we just couldn't find the back of the net. Uh, so it's indicative of the of the score in the first game where they kind of blew us out when we weren't ready to play after 10 days off at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and now the one thing I think I was noticing, I think it was your pool in the event because there was a couple of Prince George teams down there. You had, I think, six teams in your pool. None of them were teams you play in the league. No, no one from our league was in that tournament. Wow, now, that's a little bit unusual, isn't it? Because I'm thinking back to, well, when it was called the Midget Max, and the Caribou Cougars and the Northern Capitals both usually went, and a lot of times they would end up in a pool with a team from their league. Yeah, I think, well, Max is, it still goes on. I think that's that went on in Calgary at the same time. Uh, they don't call it the Max anymore. I'm not sure what it's called anymore, but... Uh. I can I can I can help you on that one. It's called the Circle K Classic because I was looking for the Midget Max and couldn't find it. <laughs> and now this weekend, you guys are right back down on the coast, I guess, right? Yeah, we're right back down to play the Northwest Hawks. Now, have you played them already this year or no? We played them a couple times earlier in the year. Uh, two really tight games, three one with empty netters. We lost them both. <laughs> But you, but you and them are at about the same level. I would, I would think so. Uh, I think they're a couple points behind us in league standings, but uh, they do have a good team with some very good players. Now, how how did the team play in the Pat Quinn Classic? As you said, ten days off. It sounds like your first game against the Thunderbirds. You weren't too happy with the way the guys came back. How about the rest of the tournament? Did they kind of pick up things again right away? We definitely got better as the tournament went on. Uh, like I said, that's it was pretty tough, pretty tough start. Uh, ten days off for our group, uh, no skating, no practices, and just show up and play hockey. And yeah, not not the greatest of starts. And now I am wondering because I know sometimes this does happen to teams when they've got tournaments during the holidays. Was everybody on the team there, or were there a couple of players whose families had maybe scheduled holidays somewhere else and weren't available? No, we we had everyone there. Uh, it was uh, it was a parent drive uh, mm. uh, that just made it easier to get the kids there. So, and the parents got to spend a little bit of extra time with their their players before they leave them here for the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah, uh, they didn't get to spend too much time with them though. If you guys were playing, what was it then? Six games over three and a half days. Yeah, yeah. I think the it's just drive time becomes parent yeah. child time. Now, so you're what, about halfway through the season then at this point? Yeah, just over halfway. We have 12 games remaining in the season here before playoffs. Okay. Now, what are the what is the playoffs set up there? Because I know sometimes leagues like that, everybody makes the playoffs and they just figure out how to draw, do the draw later, and other times it's not everybody makes it. How does the U15 specifically work? I haven't seen the playoff uh, format for this year. If it's if it goes the way it was last year, it's uh, almost a round robin, and then you just kind of move out of out of each uh, 
sort of little pool. Like, okay. Okay, and now we've got Frank. I, I'm just curious, Derek, about uh, what the, the composition of the team is like from Prince George uh, families and out-of-town families. Do you have a lot of uh, incoming players for the team this year? I think we got uh, approximately, I think it's seven out-of-town players. Oh, that's pretty good. Uh, so we got a player from as far away as Yellowknife. Uh, we got a Fort St. John player, a couple Burns Lake, three Burns Lake boys, and then some kids from out terrace area right on and is that the kind of ratio you're looking for overall as you look down the road uh i think you just you just whoever shows up to camp and <laughs> and is ready to play i mean uh we're very fortunate that the west has has definitely produced some players the last couple of years and and uh, we, we've had a good mix of, of players coming out of Prince George as well. Well, I know during COVID, a lot of families were reluctant to send kids too far away from home. So a lot of those uh, faraway towns that are within our catchment area weren't really providing players. Some obviously were, but uh, I think you're going to see more of that now. Am I right, do you think? I, I think you will. Uh, definitely. Maybe not at this age level. Uh second-year players maybe, but not first-year players. I mean, you're looking at 13-, 14-year-old kids, and they're hard <laughs> to give those ones up. <laughs> yeah, it's a little more of a, of a guesswork, too, if you're a family living in some town six or eight hours away. You know, is my kid really going to be, you know, implementing hockey into his or her life for a long period of time, 12, 13, 14 isn't the age where you sort of roll that dice. Yeah, not necessarily. Um, but for some it is. We, we do believe that we provide a good program and uh, we can develop players. So, you know, for some of these kids, it, it is what they're looking for is, uh, is, a, is a different style of program that uh, helps their development. Okay. Derek Wood, coach of the U15 Caribou Cougars. Thanks very much for taking the time and good luck the rest of the season. Thanks, guys. Okay. We are going to go to a break and we'll be back with some more on Post to Post on CFIS FM. The Caledonia Norick Ski Club will be hosting multiple high-profile events over the next year and a half. The 2023 Nordic Canada Selection Trials and Nordic Cup are taking place January 18th to 21st, and we will play host to the FIS Para Biathlon World Championships and the FIS Para Nordic World Cup Finals in March of 2024. As usual, there is a substantial need for volunteers to successfully host these events. To find out how you can volunteer, email competitions at Caledonia Nordic. Happy New Year from the Two Rivers Gallery. Staff and volunteers are happy to be back and can't wait to share some of their exciting winter programs. From Art Disco to the Good Trouble Youth Art Collective to Homeschool Tuesdays, there's something for everyone to keep you busy and stay inspired through these long winter months. To check out all their winter programs, stop by the Art Gallery or visit tworiversgallery.ca. Two Rivers Gallery, where creativity flows in the Canada Games Plaza. Forecast from Environment Canada, a mix of sun and cloud today, wind at 15K and a high of minus 6. Tonight, partly cloudy, becoming cloudy overnight. More wind, a low of minus 9 with a wind chill of minus 13. For Thursday, cloudy with a 30% chance of flurries in the afternoon. Winds continuing, a high of minus 5 with a wind chill to minus 13.
Alan Wishart and Frank Peoples back with Post to Post. And we just finished talking to uh, Derek Wood with the uh, U15 AAA uh, Caribou Cougars about their play at the uh, Pat Quinn Classic on the weekend, uh, uh, or last week, actually, December 28th to 31st, down on the Lower Mainland. There was one other local team that went. There were a couple others that were scheduled to go, but there were only two that actually played, so I don't know for sure what happened. But Unknown. The other team that went was the Bobcats. Great experience for the Bobcats. Which is the U15 AA team then, correct? Yes, yes. exactly. It's a, it, it, I mean, it's essentially an A team and a B team. Derek yes. Wood that we just talked yeah. to, he has the A team and then there's the B team underneath and they're developing typically yep. their younger players by a, a smidge. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, good yep. for them. Yep, because the, the Cougars, Derek Wood's team, were actually in the integrated elite division. The Bobcats were an integrated flight two. Mm-hmm. They are part of the same program in yes. Prince George, the Caribou Cougars program. Yep, Cougar hockey. Yep, uh, but uh, but it's an A and a B situation. Yes, yeah. uh, they finished one three and one sixth place, but still good experience. Again, five games in let's just say probably three three and a half days. And when you're coming out of the Christmas oh. break. In a and town traveling. like Prince George, and traveling. if you're not in yes. a, a, a densely populated area oh. like Calgary or the Lower Mainland or something like that, yeah. where you don't have the ability to squeeze warm-up games into your schedule yes. during the holidays, you're lucky if you can even get ice time during that time, yeah. then uh, it is a disadvantage to, to be a team from a town like this. Yeah, and as Derek was saying with the Cougars, and I uh, almost certainly the same thing with the Bobcats, the traveling as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I, I, mean, I don't care who you are. When no. you're on, when you're in a bus for for nine, ten, eleven yeah. hours, the, the, the play, it takes a toll on the body and the mind. That's why I thought Derek and his guys did a good idea. The parents drove the players. Yeah, it, does. it gave them that extra time to be with their kid during the holidays. It, there's ups and downs to that. I, oh, as, yeah. a, as a parent who's had to do that a number yes. of times, yeah. it, the cost is on you, and yes. that hurts. Yeah, especially at that time of year, yeah. that that bites the the pocketbook. But but on the other hand, you get to spend time with your kid, like Derek was yeah. saying. It's good family time. It really oh, yeah. is. And, and it's an adventure. And, and you get to yeah. watch some hockey. And parents, in a lot of senses, don't get to see their kids play no. a lot in this program because a lot of the games are on the road. Yeah. So and a lot of parents, as he was saying, they've got, I think he said, what, seven players this year on the U15 Cougars from out of town. Yeah, and it's an opportunity so. in some cases. It doesn't always work out this way, no. but it's an opportunity when you go on the road to maybe be closer to those families yes. who are uh, sending their kids to Prince George to play. Yeah. Prince George might not be the closest town no. to uh, to for their travel arrangements to be made for. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's great for, for those families. Yeah. And um, league play starts up again already so soon this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, the U15 Cougars, as Derek was saying, are in Vancouver to play the Northwest Hawks. Uh, two other teams on the road, the U18 Caribou Cougars, are at the Thompson Blazers, which I believe makes them in Kamloops. Kamloops, yeah. yep. And the U18 female Northern Capitals are in Richmond. But they're not necessarily playing Richmond. No, it's kind of a... It's a showcase. Yeah, I like I like how they do this. They're, yeah. they're really smart about this. And uh, so in the lower mainland, there's a number of teams, but they'll often pick a central site where yes. a number of games will be played. And so, uh, yeah, yeah the... Uh, in their league, there's only five teams to start with, so it's, it's not even that hard to put it together. Yeah, and the Capitals will be up against the Greater Vancouver Comets and the Fraser Valley Rush as oh, well. Oh, boy. So, yeah. yeah. 
I didn't update the standings because, of course, they haven't played in about a month in that league. But the last I checked, Fraser Valley had about 5,200 points through 26 games. <laughs> <laughs> no, they are they are the Penticton of the BCEHL. It'll be a good test team. for them, yes. that's for sure. Yeah, they actually played them close. And last year, I believe they beat them a couple of times during the season. So much changes from year to year. I know. Yeah. I mean, you can build a program, but you can't really build a team, can you? That's a good way to put it, actually. Yeah. And the way you succeed in a program like the Caribou Cougars slash Northern Capitals yes. uh, slash Bobcats yeah. <laughs> is consistency over time. That's yeah. really the only thing that can do it. It really is about how well you uh, you establish your minor hockey system to be able to feed those players yeah into that that special program that we have going capitals cougars bobcats and uh, and then you get the infusion of players if they can crack the lineup yeah. from a catchment area of of other towns not yeah. just from northern bc we no. we have northern bc but like yeah. derek was mentioning northwest territories yeah. feeds to us yeah yukon feeds to us yeah basically i believe there's a as i said there's five teams in their league one's on the island I believe one of them's in, like, the Thompson Okanagan. And the other two are Fraser Valley teams, I think. So, basically, anything north of about Williams Lake is ours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Williams Lake is, uh, I believe, the cutoff. I think it Maybe is. Maybe 100 Mile. I can't yeah, remember. But, but logically, uh, even just logically looking at it. Because, you know, again, it's hard enough for those parents in Whitehorse to send their kid to play for the U15 Cougars. Could you imagine if they were approached by somebody from the Okanagan? To come and play? Yeah. No. And there are rules, actually, against that. I know. There, yes, there are catchments. There are ways around it. Yes. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, as someone who has hosted mm-hmm. in my house billet kids from mm-hmm. from that program for uh, from out of town, yeah. it really is um, a benefit for those families to have Prince George available. Because if, if, the, if the Cougars program didn't exist, they oh. would have to go. Yeah. Uh, just a gargantuan distance to to have their kids, or they hockey. would have to go to province. Very much, so. Grand Prairie would be a possibility and for a lot of them, probably. Yeah, if you're if you're in the Northeast, yeah. that's logically where you would go. Yeah, like Fort yeah. St. John, to me, Grand Prairie is probably technically closer, but again, it's a whole other system. And the other thing, yeah, there's there's again, you would say the rules. Yeah, you have to play for a BC team, and we had a, a yeah. kid stay in our house who was from Taylor, right? Okay, just outside of Fort St. John. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's great hockey in those towns. They oh, yeah. produce some great players. And uh, we're very lucky in Prince George that we have the Cougars system so that we can intake those players and really develop them. And it really is a, a first-class development league. There's three kids right now who are playing for Team BC, right. going to Charlottetown to play on Team BC at the at the uh, latest edition of the Canada Winter Speak, Games. Speaking about making a road trip. and uh, Yeah, that's as, about as far of a road trip as you can take without it being Newfoundland. Yeah. And uh, and so three of those kids are Prince George Minor Hockey yep. products who went through the Caribou Cougars program, at least in some part or parcel. Yes. Yeah, I think it's, what, two forwards and a goaltender, I believe. Correct. Yep. I can't remember the yep. name. Yeah, Ryder but, Green is the goaltender, yeah. and uh, Cameron Schmidt and Chase Harrington are the forwards. Boy, look at this. And he just knows that off the top of his they head. They all played folks. with my son. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that helps. Yeah, I know them. They're great kids. They're yep. fantastic hockey players. Okay. We are going to go for another break, just a little bit early, but we are going to be changing topics and basically changing sports as well. So we may as well just go for a break and be back with more on Post to Post.
The time has come to again salute the haggis. Celebrate Scotland's greatest poet with Scotch-tasting haggis and more on Robbie Burns Night, Saturday, January 21st. Tickets for this Prince George Symphony Orchestra fundraiser are now available and will be an excellent gift to start the new year for yourself or the Scots lover you know. Robbie Burns Night with your Prince George Symphony Orchestra, January 21st at the Prestige Treasure Cove Resort. Tickets available at Studio 2880 and through pgso.com. CNC and Selkirk College are partnering for a pharmacy technician diploma program. The 15-month program will provide students with a blend of online theory courses, in-person labs, and hands-on practicum hours in direct clinical settings. The online portion of the program begins in July with in-person labs commencing the following year at CNC. Visit the Selkirk College website to learn more about the pharmacy technician program and to apply through the Programs and Courses page at selkirk.ca. I've often thought that song by Canadian group Bond would be a perfect walk-up song for somebody in a Major League Stadium. It sounds so classic well, and the other thing is, Major League Baseball, doesn't it? The song title is, When You're Up, You're Up. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Uh, the UMC Cougars. No. UMC Thunder. No. T-Wolves. I'll get it right here. T-Wolves. Yes. They've been off for a while. Okay, that's my excuse. That and stupidity. Uh, they are actually back in action this weekend at home. Against a team I haven't seen in a while. University of Manitoba. Boy, that's a road trip. Yes. Uh, the women play at 5 o'clock Friday and 4 o'clock Saturday. The, the men play two hours later each day. So it's 7 and 6. The UNBC men going into the weekend are 5 and 3. So not bad. Manitoba is 7 and 1. Well... Yes. This could be interesting. It, it could be interesting. And because they're playing in different divisions yes. it's hard to know oh, yeah. how those two teams will compare but yeah. uh, boy it sure looks like a clash doesn't it well the women's game could 7 also and be 1 a, is not to be trifled with. No. the women's matches could also be a clash but in a slightly different manner the uh, UMBC women are 1 and 7 Manitoba is 0 oh and 8 oh the game should be close <laughs> theoretically <laughs> yes but it will be good basketball i mean they they've they've got a couple of good teams up there the women off to a slow start they've had a number of close games like they've had a couple of blows but they had some close games and the men are just all over the place to some extent they're 5 and 3 basketball is one of those sports where psychology and team team psychology oh, and yes. gelling has a lot to do with it it's like hockey that way yeah. or, or lacrosse that way yeah. where really once you can be a different team yeah. mid-season oh. than you were at the start you can be yeah. a vastly different team by the end yeah. and that can cut both ways it doesn't yes. mean yeah but uh there's an opportunity now for for prince george to uh, umbc to uh, dig in and see what yeah. their psychology is made of and now we are going to switch sports again we're actually going to talk about two different sports during this next little bit. Um, and we're leaving Prince George. Well, we, all roads lead to Prince George, but yes. they go both ways. Monday night in Cincinnati. Monday night football. About six minutes left in the first quarter. Uh, DeMar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills goes to make a tackle on a pass reception. Makes the tackle. The receiver's shoulder pad hits him in the chest. They go down, Hamlin gets up, and then collapses. 
I don't know if you, for the the listener if you've seen this oh, or not, but it is the epitome of what? Like you just yeah. question marks pop up like thought bubbles over your head yeah. because it was such an innocent looking play. Yeah, you see it a hundred times, in and the you game. got up. Right, that was the other yeah. part too. You, then, you see players boom. go down and not get up, and that's yeah. instantly what you think of when when an injury or something occurs. But this yeah. was not the case. He no. popped up and then dropped. And then he down. just went back down again. Yeah, and he just dropped like a rag doll. But um, the first, one of the first stories I saw, because I heard about this, like I wasn't watching the game. I don't have a TV. So I wasn't watching the game. But one of the first stories I read said that the receiver's helmet hit him in the chest. And then I watched the replay on YouTube, and I said, no, the helmet didn't come near him. It was strictly just the shoulder pad. Right. And yeah. the follow-up question is, and then so what? I know. Players' helmets and shoulder pads hit chests in a football game a hundred times a game yeah times a thousand games a million halves over time this is the only time i've ever seen something like this happen i'm actually uh sadly reminded of a of a minor hockey player in the lower mainland who had a puck took his he took a shot to the chest Mm. and it stopped his heart and he died ouch and this wasn't all that long ago within the last 10 years i'd say yeah but it wasn't because of the shot. It was because of a pre-existing, underlying, underlying unknown health and issue. And that's the thing, is especially with heart conditions and stuff like that, they're so hard to detect unless you're specifically looking for it. And until something happens, you're not going to be looking for it. Yes. Now, the so. good news is, in this case, the player has survived so far. Yes. Apparently, he is now breathing on his own, was the last report I heard. The game was originally delayed and then the two coaches got together and said no we're not going to play fair enough yeah and so the the league canceled the game yeah trauma is trauma and all every player on that field all the coaching staff i mean the the fans the cheerleaders the the people selling peanuts everybody was just witness to a trauma there yes uh but as i say so it looks as if hamlin i'm not going to say he's on the road to recovery because that's going to take a long time but it does sound a lot better today than it did on Monday evening. Especially yeah. because Monday evening, I guess, they started to load him into the ambulance. And then they took him back down to the field to administer some more CPR. Huh. That's when you start to get really worried. I'm suddenly reminded of Yuri Fisher. Do you remember that mm. story? Yes. Yuri on the bench, wasn't he? On the bench. And, <sighs> and they whipped him into the back. Yuri Fisher, uh, yeah. for, for those who Red don't Wings. remember, is Detroit Red Wings. Yuri Fisher was a good player for yes. them and uh, was just giving it his all one game and then started to feel woozy and yeah. passed out. And he had a cardiac event yep. on the bench. Yep. And they took him into the dressing room. They worked on him. And here's where uh, he became an instant meme. <laughs> because Yuri Fisher died. Mm-hmm. And was brought back. Yes. In a span of about a two minute yeah. area. And Yuri Fisher was refusing to leave, wanted to get back oh. on the ice yeah. to finish yeah. his, the third period. And <laughs> hockey fans who look at soccer players have turned that into Yuri <laughs> Fisher, <laughs> hockey player, literally dies and wants to keep playing. Yeah. 
soccer players look like they've been shot when yeah. they flop around faking their injuries mm-hmm. and then jump back up and yes. they're fine. So, yeah, that's not the way soccer is. I'm not. No, I don't. But there are some players who there's are known elements for doing of that. that. Yes. yes. And, and they're, that, that's in every sport. But uh, but it's a fun little mental yeah. thought anyway. Yeah. And a couple of other things. When he came out of university a couple of years ago, Hamlin established a, a GoFundMe campaign, which he would use the funds from to host things like children's Christmas parties and stuff like that. Oh, his, what a jerk. In, in, in his area. What a, what a useless apparently, human. Going into Monday, apparently <laughs> there was like $50,000 in the fund. As of yesterday, there was $6 million. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's... Um, boy, people step up once in a while, don't they? That's just... Uh, that's enough to choke you up. That's yes. amazing. And, of course, the other story is switching back to hockey for a second here. Mm. It's <laughs> just one of those bizarre things. Yes, yes. I saw this online as well. Tage Thompson of the Sabres. Superstar the hockey, hockey player. Team. They played last night against Ottawa. All the players showed up for the game wearing t-shirts honoring Hamlet. Number three. Yeah. In the game, uh, Thompson got a hat trick. That's three goals, That's folks. Three, goals. three. I read somewhere it was his third hat trick of the season. Third, third hat trick of the yeah. season. The third goal was in overtime to win the game. Exactly three minutes in. What was the date? It was January third. Yeah, yeah. Oh one, oh three. Yep. He should have waited a couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so it's apropos of nothing, but it's a no. fun little coincidental stat. Yeah. The, the threes just lined up there in that one moment. Especially the three minutes, exactly. Yeah, that was the real Because that's not something where the, you know, the timekeeper isn't going, okay, I've got to stop the clock right now. Yeah, no one's thinking no. of this at the no. time. And, and, no. and I, I know Tage Thompson is oh. a significant goal scorer, yeah. but he can't call a hat trick in no. advance. Because so, those three yeah. goals gave him 30 on the season. Uh, right, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> and I, I, was, I think I can't remember if I was talking to you or Reg about this. I was saying it's almost a shame he didn't have 30 going in. Right, then he, then he would have 33 had 33 goals, yes. But wow. Yep. No. Well, we're all pulling for uh, for our, uh, our yeah, fallen for football. Hamlin, yeah. And the other thing that's going to be interesting over the next few days, now that people know that he is, as I say, at least starting on the road recovery, is as I say, the game was postponed. A game between two teams that are both in the playoffs, fighting for playoff seedings in the NFL, mm. which are very important. There's only one week left in the season, this se- this weekend, starting tomorrow night. So you don't have anywhere to put this game if you want to replay it. Wow. Yeah. And was... Uh, yeah. Wow. So they're not sure... This how is no man's land. This. Yeah. Uncharted territory. I mean, they can, if it had been, say, three minutes to go in the fourth quarter, and it was like 27 to 7 or something like that, that would be one thing. But to say there were six minutes to go in the first quarter, and it was 7 to 3. They may have to go for a COVID um, situation yeah. and just play a game in an empty stadium and well, just get her done. Or they may have to go to the other thing they did with COVID, because I think, I think even in that season, the teams ended up playing different numbers of games. Yeah. So they went by percentages. Yeah, it's possible. And that's, a, that's another possibility. Hmm. But uh, no, yeah, there aren't that many games in a in an NFL season in the first no. place. So seventeen, yeah, that's yeah. spread over eighteen weeks. That's not much room for wheel. No, and it's one of those things again. If this had happened, say in week two or week three, you probably could have shoehorned this game in somewhere down the line, but not when you've only got one week left in the regular season. Right, right, right. I mean, 
I guess the one possibility would be if the teams agreed to it and everybody else was okay with it, you could play Monday night because there's no Monday night football because they don't play a Monday night game on the last day of the regular season because they're afraid that it would give those teams a bit of a disadvantage going into the playoffs, having one day less rest. Yes, right. So, But beggars can't be choosers in this situation. No. Well, that about wraps it up for today's edition of uh, Post to Post. Can I throw a quick uh, yes, message quick. out there? Um, fundraiser, Saturday night. No, I lied. Yes, Saturday night. Art Space, 8 p.m., doors at 7, 20 bucks. It is a comedy show, Mike McGuire oh. and... Virginia O'Dine making mm-hmm. money for Riley Banzer, who is a parkour athlete, uh, oh. you know, ninja, yeah. outdoor gymnastic, yeah. leaping off of buildings and things. He's got uh, a place in town that operates, that he operates that does that, mm-hmm. and he's trying to qualify for the nationals, as he has in the past. He's he's yeah. the real deal, folks, and okay. this is a fundraiser for him. Frank Peebles, Alan Wishart signing off. We'll be back next Monday, 1 o'clock with more Post to Post. This is CFIS 93.1 FM in Prince George, proudly supported by community groups like Theatre Northwest. For the current schedule and tickets, visit theaternorthwest.com.